This is episode 29 with Ben Logan. G'day everyone and welcome to the Blogcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hardman, and each week we bring you an inspirational guest or message to help you blokes out there live a holistically healthy lifestyle. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are around the world and let's get stuck in. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Neil Donald Walsh. Super, super excited to get stuck into today's episode. But before we do that, just got some bit of news and a few admin points for the podcast that I want to cover first. Firstly, welcome to anyone who hasn't listened before. If you're a first-time listener, then welcome to the Blogcast. You've come to an awesome podcast that I love doing on a, uh, at the moment, weekly basis, but that's something we're going to touch on in a second. Uh, however, yeah, do yourself a favor, go back to episode one, have a listen to that first. You can understand a little bit about me, a little bit about my background and why I do this type of stuff, uh, and then pick and choose wherever you like after that and uh, catch yourself up to where we are near. So, as I said, I've got some news about the podcast. As most people, actually, maybe not most people, but some people out there might know, my wife is actually pregnant. She's an incredible woman, and uh, we are almost uh, due, we're due probably in a few more weeks. We've got about a month left. So life is increasingly filling up with things, in, and I'm running, running out of time, less and less and less time, So, which is a problem for everyone, I guess. But um, the podcast definitely isn't going anywhere. I don't want anyone to worry about that. However, it just may be a little less frequent than it is in the future. Uh, so at the moment, I release something every week, uh, apart from if I need to take a break for something like we did last week. Um, and I haven't really decided on a schedule yet. I'm thinking at the moment we might try every fortnight from now on and, and see how that goes, or it might just be that I pump out four in a row uh, uh, on a weekly basis and then have a break for a week or two and then and then chuck another couple in and they just come as they, as they flow. I haven't decided yet, but don't go anywhere or give up on the podcast because I love doing this and I love the impact that we're having on people, you know, the messages I get from from both men and women uh, all around the world really um, on a weekly basis just thanking us for, for what we're doing with this with this podcast, and I say us because this includes you as well, includes the audience that here that is uh, that is a huge support to us, and, and everyone out there sharing our content, out there, everyone out there, you know, helping people get uh, stuck into and get onto the broadcast. That's exactly what we want, and uh, so I don't want to stop that. I want to continue that. I want to grow that. Uh, but it just be over the next few months. I'm sure everyone understand. But with a with a newborn baby, there might just be a few gaps in the program, but that's okay. So. To today's episode. In this episode, I had the pleasure, the real pleasure of sitting down with Ben Logan from Logan's Law. Ben's a Kiwi. We won't hold that against him, but he is one of the most intriguing and insightful people that I've ever met. For a young bloke who wouldn't be, I didn't ask him how old he is, but he wouldn't be a He'd be about the same age as me. I'm 32. He might be a little bit older, might be a little bit younger, uh, but around the same age as me. For a guy his age, the way he thinks and the way he talks is just incredible. And the way he's taken ownership of his life and then been able to project that onto others and be able to take people on wilderness courses, uh, wilderness exposition, uh, expeditions, you know, into the the Alps down in uh, down in New Zealand. It's just incredible. You're going to love this conversation. 
if this is the first time you're listening to the bloke cast, fuck you're in for a treat. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be unreal. So be sure to connect with him by searching uh, on the socials for Logan's Law uh, or just uh, jump in the show notes at the end of this episode uh, and you'll see the links in there to his uh, social media accounts and his webpage. Okay, legend of the week, nice and quick. So for first-time listeners, if you haven't heard this before, what we do, uh, or for anyone that's tuned in, they haven't heard me do a legend of the week yet. So what we do is we, I pick out someone who's left us a rating and left us a review on iTunes. Uh, and occasionally we chuck in some Facebook ones as well because we encourage those for people who don't have an iPhone. But if you listen to iTunes uh, and you listen to this podcast on iTunes, which I know a lot of people do, be sure to jump on there. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It takes five seconds, but it really, really, really helps us grow. It helps us increase our uh, our standing in the overall things. And, it, and if you want to be a part of this podcast and you want to help us grow and help this podcast continually to reach more men and help more men and, and women out there in, this, in today's society, then you need to jump onto iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review and help us grow. So nice and quick one today. Jono L, five-star rating. You're a legend, Jono. Jono, legend, alpha legend. Brennan has a real ability to tell it like it is and get to the real stuff. Thank you, mate, for your comment. Uh, thank you for your rating. Thank you for your review. Uh, if you want to be featured on an episode of the podcast, all you need to do is just, as I said, jump onto iTunes, jump onto Facebook, give us a rating, give us a review, help us grow. Okay, all you fuckers out there, sit back, relax, time to enjoy this episode. Oh, I'm pumped. I really do hope you enjoy it. And be sure to let us know what you think. You know, If you do enjoy it, send me a message. Get in touch with me. I don't think we've been getting in touch with me enough lately, actually. I think you need to pester me more. Anyone out there with any questions, anyone out there with any topics they want me to cover, flick me a fucking message. Jump on, jump onto Facebook, jump onto Instagram, doesn't matter what it is, jump on to email, email me, blokecast.gmail.com. You just jump on, send me a message, and uh, we can chat. We can chat about if you want to be come on for an episode, we can chat about stuff that you want to talk about, whether it's in private, whether it's something you want me to interview someone about, or we can just have a, a, a general chip, chit-chat and say, what's going on? All right, guys, sit back, relax, let's get stuck in. Hi legends, hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Blowcast. Super, super pumped today. We have Ben Logan here. He's the founder and director of Logan Law. Uh, he's coming to us all the way across from the Tasman, from the, from New Zealand over there, from uh, Wanaka. Is that is that pronounced correctly? Is that the correct way to pronounce that, Ben? For you guys it is. For us we call it Wanaka. Wanaka, all right, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Good start. All right, mate. Thank you so much for taking the time. As we said off air, mate, I really appreciate you taking the time to to sit down with us today and, and, and have a chat about you, have a chat about your business, had a chat about human optimization, all these all these cool different topics. No at all. Thank you. It's um yeah, again, it's a pleasure to connect and meet and and you know, have the opportunity to share what we do and this message and same as you help guys just do a little bit better. 
that's it, mate. That's one hundred percent right. It's just that those little little learnings you can pass on to someone. Hopefully, that would that may shape something in their in their lives. I actually always always look at it as that. I don't want to change someone. I just want to. All I want to do is I want to give them like a little snippet in their brain that whenever if they get through a time a tough time or something that's really tough for them to go through, they can they can recall it and say, oh, I can actually use this little tactic right here, and it will get me through that kind of um, that period. And that's how I kind of look at it. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So let's start a bit by telling the audience um, a bit about you and a bit about the company you run. Being from New Zealand, the, the company, there's probably not many Australians um, that listen to this that would have heard of Logan Law. So I think it's brilliant. Uh, it's a brilliant concept and what you do is fantastic. So if you could give us a little bit about you first and then and then a little bit about the company, uh, that would be great. Of course. Well, thank you for the very kind intro. It's uh, Again, my name is Ben Logan. I'm based out of Wanaka, which is a small town just out of Queenstown. Queenstown, a lot of your listeners will know more than Wanaka. So yeah. we're about 50k away from Queenstown. And it's a little small town, which is absolutely stunning for the work we do in the place You know, I want to live and raise our children. So yeah. I live here with my wife, my dog, and my two kids. And I have a company called Logan Law which we do a few things. We do corporate team building and leadership. We do a survival training as well. But we also do uh, courses for the development of men. Obviously, that's going to be more relevant to what we're talking about today. But the goal is to provide courses that can just help men, again, just do better. Um, we do men's expeditions. We do online courses. We do sort of men's coaching. We do a range of different leadership training. And my goal is just to provide men with a skill sets, mindset, uh, mindset and strategies just to be better fathers, husbands, leaders, just so we can, you know, spark paradigm shifts. And I think we're at a very fine tipping point when it comes to you know, men in society where we've got this very finite window of change. We have this opportunity to be able to shape how men think and, and raise future generations of men and sort of reconnect and recorrect some of their sort of um, roads we've gone down, which haven't led us down a very good path. So my, my passion, my purpose, I feel in life is just to, you know, share my experiences, my backgrounds, the lessons I've learned over the years, the science I've learned, and also the strategy, the ways I've actually learned to implement some of this knowledge into actual strategy so people can actually go away and tangibly use it. That's my goal. That's what I, that's what keeps me up late at night. It's what I wake up at two in the morning thinking about, oh, shit, I could add this to a course, or I need to write that down, or turn my phone on and write that down. But it's, it's more than just a job for me and, you know, for the people that help me. It's, it's a way of life. It's a way we conduct ourselves. Yeah, and definitely. It's an absolute pleasure to you know connect with you and work with other men around the world and share this message that we have alike. Yeah, I think you you, you hit the nail on the head when you said yeah we we're in the this point of life where we can start changing the concepts that that are really that or the pre pre preconceived ideas I guess that we've been brought up as men into believing that you know things like you know you're not allowed to you're not allowed to show emotion you're not allowed to you're not allowed to cry you know you're, you're not allowed to uh, you have to be strong permanently for for your partners and 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 those types of things like uh, there's there's such an opportunity right now to break down those barriers because so many of those barriers that are sitting there that are preventing men are actually what are mostly causing men to have mental health problems. Oh, most definitely, it's, most it's, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, exactly. So I think you're in a you're exactly right. You're in this perfect space, especially with what you do and getting people out into the wilderness and and you know survival survival uh, expeditions and things like that. It's just the the perfect breeding ground to be able to break down those barriers and to to get people when they're tired and fatigued and, and those types of things and actually start to reshape what it is they're thinking about. Definitely, definitely. So how did you – I'm really keen to know, how did you actually get involved 
in in this like in, in survival training wilderness training and then and then and then what was the pursuit that actually led you to 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 start teaching like men's uh, i guess men's health and men's men's well-being as a as a i guess as a um, yeah, very, very yeah. good question um not, not what most people think, to be honest. You know, a lot of people think um, comes from some sort of prior training or background or as a celebrity or sort of specialised in these areas. The honest answer is it was just out of mistake. Um, I wasn't happy with who I am. I needed to change. I needed development within myself. I needed to be a better. I needed to be a better young man and develop into a, you know a strong man. I, you know, my father left when I was two days old, I believe. Uh, my stepfather was a, um, you know, a horribly abusive drunk, and I. I picked up a lot of bad traits, um, yeah. you know, nothing chronic, nothing horrific, but I just, I just like a lot of guys, I just wasn't, I was, I was nowhere near my, um, no, I was nowhere near my potential. Yeah. And a lot of those, um, those characteristic traits that were sort of forged into me from a very, very young age, um, you know, at the time I didn't really understand it, but objectively looking at it now in retrospect, it caused a lot of damage. And obviously being a father now, I, I see how my actions even just the simplest of actions can um, really imprint uh, your ch- uh, in your child. And, uh, you know, you'll yep. find that out in a few months. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it hasn't been to the last five or six years I sort of realized that, shit, a lot of my tendencies and my behaviors and just my personality was really forged from a young age. So I got to sort of early teens, sorry, early, early 20s, and I realized I just needed to change things. I wasn't happy. Um I was, I was racing professionally as a triathlete, which wasn't going the way, you know, I needed it to. I just I got a bit sick at the time as well with epilepsy and it was just a bit of a life. You know, I got to this crux and this sort of um, turning point, this crossroads where I, uh, they keep going down a pretty destructive path. Again, nothing horrific, but it just, you know, like a lot of guys, it just wasn't serving me in any good way. Yeah. Or I could sort of realize, look, I need to change. It's not going to be easy, um, but I need to do better. And there was just this intrinsic voice inside my head that was just, there was a better path for me. Now, I guess with sport, I sort of had this um, triathlons, competing as a triathlete. I had this um, sort of, not obsession, but, you know, very high interest in human optimization to do better in my sport. And I guess that was sort of a starting point of nutrition and sort of um, holistic health and you yep. know, different supplements um, down at, you know, herbalism, acupuncture, things like that. Mm. Um, a lot of alternative performance gains. And that sort of went into, you know, emotional intelligence and mindset and resilience. And it just sort of opened up this world of just finding out better ways to do things. Yeah, definitely. I guess, you know, after years, I, and I just sort of committed that to it because, it, you know, it felt good. I was, I was becoming a better person. I was happy with myself more confident, more resilient. I was just, uh, you know, you, you just feel better. You know, it's hard to quantify in words. Um, I don't really have the language skills to be able to do that, <laughs> but you just feel incredible. You just feel, you feel like a better person, a better man. And, you know, I was in a better perspective to look at the world, look at things, look at myself. And I realized that there's a lot of other guys in the same boat that I was in and, and still am in some regards. And I just thought, well, should it be cool to be able to, you know, help help people? I've always liked helping people. I've always liked working with people. Um, and, you know, the, the goal started with these health retreats, basically, you know, taking people and providing these health retreats in the mountains. And that sort of evolved into working more with men, not because women suck or they're not, you know, they don't need this work. There's plenty of incredible women doing this. Um, but I believe, you know, there's something beautiful about individuality, you know, men mm-hmm. celebrating men and manhood and women doing the same. And obviously we have a lot in common, but I think there's something beautiful about working purely with men and, and likewise with women as well. And there's a lot of 
um, you know, incredibly powerful woman doing this type of work. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, tr- I only, f- I only enjoy doing things that I feel I'm a true expert in. And obviously, men and women have a lot of things in common, but we do have these very uh, intrinsic psychological and physiological differences. Um, and that's just the area of expertise I, I feel I'm, you know, qualified to work in. So we sort of, it's evolved a lot over the years, to be honest, you know, we've, you know, the, the course has always been, the idea has always been to provide these courses for men, get them in the mountains, get them, you know, time to space to think, you know, teach them some strategies and some knowledge. And over the years, that the, the ideas have just evolved and sort of become more professional. And then you obviously start a business and then you sort of realize, well, that's a lot different. And there's a lot of other things that go into it. Yeah. So it's evolved. And yeah, the last couple of years has just been trying to streamline that and, and, and just make it better just make it better so it just yeah to summarize i guess your question it started with needing to improve myself and then you know seeing those performance gains in a lot of different areas mentally physically emotionally spiritually if you want to quantify it as that and then seeing sort of you know there's a lot of other men who need this work as well desperately 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 so yeah that sparked you know an idea to be able to help and work with them and you know, continue to improve myself as well i think there's there's no better way to learn but then to teach sometimes yeah. So every course I do, I'm I'm always improving myself, which which you know is a big draw card for me, and yeah. it's just sort of evolved from there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we kind of have a um, I guess a similar yeah, a similar I guess perspective on things is that when I first started getting into into podcasting, um, and and I kind of identified that I wanted to talk about mental health and, and those types of things, and and then I. I went through, so I started obviously doing the you know the regular go through, have a look at all the other podcasts that are online, see whether see what they're what all they're doing. I guess the competition analysis, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. Not that I really think of other podcasts as competition, but yeah, you know that that really market market analysis as to what's out there, and and I could see so many um, so many awesome podcasts that were doing great things for for females, and there was just they were everywhere. They were, and there's some really good ones on pregnancy. There's some really great ones on you know, on, on being uh, a strong woman in business and, and those types of developing those characteristics. But I struggled, struggled to find anything on men. Like absolutely there was just nothing there. There was I, – I think I found three to four podcasts that were specifically aimed at, at men and weren't talking about um, – yeah, we're talking about men's issues. And so I kind of said, well, why is this? Why is this – why is no one talking about, you know – when you look at, um, you know, when you look at suicidal statistics, statistics and stuff like that, you know, there's there's so many so many more men that commit suicide every single year. Why are we not addressing that? And not that, like exactly like you say, not that addressing the female side of things is is wrong or that there's 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 not, but there's so many other great things doing there. So I felt that I had only because I am a bloke and I've been through obviously mental health issues. I thought that I I was specialised to talk about men. And then when I started doing this, I actually copped, started copying a bit of flack at the beginning that I was only talking about men and that I wasn't talking about women. And I was like, ah, hang on a second, you can't have the best of both worlds. Like I'm, yeah, I, I feel like I, like there's no point in me talking about, you know, coming in and speaking about women and and, and women's feelings and women's um, like mentalities and and how to deal with pregnancies and and those types of things because I just don't understand it. Like I don't get it. So why would I not just talk about what I'm qualified to do which i think is is what you're saying there is you know you've identified a an area and and i know you still like i know and i still have plenty of female listeners to listen to this and i know you still deal with a lot of with a lot of female um 
customers as well because I've Oh yeah, I know we have, we have plenty of women come on the courses. You know, yeah. we do these bespoke courses, which we, you know, design courses around whatever they need. Um, you know, different dates, different you know focus points, and you know we have plenty of women come through, and I really enjoy working with them yep. for the fact that they're a fuck ton less stubborn than men are. They're way easier to work yes. with. It's actually very refreshing. So it's a real treat. But I, I I can I can definitely agree with what you're saying there. Yeah. So one thing I'm keen on, and that um, I just I know you you mentioned that you. The, do you have epilepsy? Is that right? I did. I did. I um. I had quite a few head injuries when I was younger. Yeah. From um, different knocks, different injuries, uh, different sporting endeavors, and um. Yeah. Early, early shit. Um. Twenty four, twenty five. I just started having seizures, falling on the ground. Um. Realized I wasn't fainting at first, and then they sort mm. of um. You know, they came, they went, and you sort of. Epilepsy is a hard one. It's not something that's very well researched. I mean, it is, yeah. but there's still a lot of um, room for improvement, a tremendous heap, amount of room. There's a heap of gray area in it. Testing and finding out, mm. you know, what it is. So, you know, the diagnosis took a very good couple of years. And I was racing at the time as a triathlete and trying to race as an as a Ironman athlete with, you know, three, you know, two to five seizures a week is not particularly easy. No. So it got to a point where that was just making that, the training load was just, you know, 20 to 25 to 30 hours a week of training was just making the seizures worse, the stress. So um, it, was, it was time to move away from sport um, for, for, for a number of reasons, to be honest. But epilepsy was kind of the icing on the cake or the straw on the camel's back. But um, I learned a tremendous, again, in retrospect, I learned a tremendous amount from resilience and mindset that I would not have learned otherwise. I mean, I remember one um, race, an iron distance race here in Wanaka. I had two seizures the night before, and I was supposed to have a iron distance race the day after. Wow! Um, now, obviously, when you're you know struggling triathlete, you don't really have the luxury just to not do races. You yeah. just don't have that. You know, you've, you've dedicated money, resources, or all, all this allocation towards trying to do well in a race. You just can't really pull out. Um, and often. The hardest part, actually, seizure was not the seizure; it was the recovery afterwards. You know, mm. it just feels like the most chronic hangover for, you know, days. Sometimes you just feel so tired. So, to wake up, you know, at four, four to five in the morning after a couple of hours sleep and try and get your head around trying to do an iron distance race, um, you, you learn a lot. You learn a lot very, very fast. So, yeah, it was a hard, was it five or six years? But, um. You know, I've managed to be close to three years now seizure free. And I think a lot of the, I think all of that has been down to you know the, a lot of the health health based work that we do. So it's yeah, um, yeah. again, uh, shit. But I learned a lot from it. Yeah, definitely. Have you had to manage it a bit just in case you do have a seizure, like when you when you're out in the wilderness and stuff? Is it, um, do, you have, do you have things in place to make sure? Um, I'm not sure. I've had a lot of stress since then, to be honest, with yeah. um, just different situations, and nothing has triggered it. So. Yeah. I like to think I'm sort of all, all you know, in the green. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, fingers crossed for a long time. But yeah, um, I mean, safety is a big part of our courses, so that, that just sort of naturally falls into it. Yep. And then, so you spoke there about just the health changes that you made in your life in terms of um, nutrition and those types of things. What are some of those health changes that you believe have had a positive impact on you? Well, one thing I sort of played quite heavily with was a ketogenic diet. Yeah, right, yep. Um, now, obviously, that's not for everyone. Mm. I think everyone, I think humans have a natural, you know, um, push towards being a, more in a state of ketosis than we 
often are these days yeah with well, a carbohydrate dominant world um so so you know that, that was quite a heavy one um but, but but not just the ketogenic diet you know what that does physiologically to the body especially with the sort of ampk activation you know sort of biological pathways metabolic activation things like yep. that um, a lot of cold water training as well and again just the physiological response that creates within the body um and, and just you know you, your rest but i think i think the biggest things was a lot of the cold water training and sort of the nutritional aspects with the ketogenic diets um you know it's pretty hard to ignore the science that has had with epilepsy patients or just health in general now obviously that's not for everyone but it certainly seemed to help with me and um you know i just i just dived you know head first into you know human biochemistry and you know different metabolic activation pathways and things yeah. like that and yeah again a, a lot of knowledge there that i sort of acquired out of necessity really because uh, the only other option was you know taking medication which again has a lot of side effects and yeah definitely would have caused you know other problems i would, I would imagine yeah they do yeah every every kind of medication has its own side effect and then yes. that side effect has a side effect and definitely if you want to treat that medic if you want to treat that side effect you have to take another medication which has a side effect and so it's just, a, just so a, it's a fucking flow on fallen, so. yeah. yeah definitely it really is um and you know did you find that the keto diet though when you switch to it you were able to because you come from a disciplined background anyway with your with your triathlete was it an easy switch to be able to or did you do this whilst you were a triathlete as well um i was still i was i wasn't racing i was still training yeah. um yeah and it was actually very very hard i yeah right. i mean yeah. my nutrition when i was younger wasn't wonderful at all i it just wasn't something i placed a huge importance on it wasn't something you know back then I, I i sort of skilled myself a lot on or surrounded myself by people in those areas um so i wasn't i was metabolically i was in a pretty bad shape you know mm. very reliant on a lot of um fast releasing carbohydrates a lot of energy gels things like that coke just whatever i could just to keep on training um, so metabolically, I was not in a particularly healthy state. So, you know, to change it to a fat, more, a lot more fat dominant state, a fat burning machine took quite a while. And, um, but once I sort of clicked into that, you know, I remember doing some training rides in, in France when I was there for a training camp and, you know, I couldn't get through 20 minutes without scoping down some gels on a bike ride. Yeah. Right. And, you know, fast forward, you know, to when I really clicked in whilst I was training under that diet and I was doing 150 K rides with no food, just on water. Yep. Um, you know, so tremendous difference there, uh, which just comes through gradual progression and fat adaptation. Yeah. Do you find it hard but, to do? You, do you, did you do it as a cyclic kind of program, or did you do it as a as a full time? I'm I'm fascinated by keto. That's why I kind of went going down this. Um, I went pretty balls deep into yeah. that adaptation, yeah, and nice. uh, you know, so so the nutritional aspect of restricting your carbohydrate intake, yeah. but also the intermittent fasting was, was also a key part as well, and that's something I do a lot of these days as well. And I, I just feel a far healthier person for it. You know, probably two out of five days, two out of seven, sorry, five out of seven days a week. You know, I, I very rarely eat between, you know, before three or four. Yep. Uh, you know, I think, you know, with our survival work as well, that's a large aspect of what we do, especially with, you know, military training, the ability to be metabolically efficient, you know, under duress. That's one aspect we do with them. Yeah, definitely. So it's, I think, the ability to go without food for, you know, just survival purposes, for mindset purposes, for virtue, but also for health reasons. I think it's a very um, tremendous skill to be able to learn and just provide your body with. Yeah, definitely. I think I've heard a lot that um, that if you that you wouldn't be able to, or that it's not as healthy to maintain a, a permanent 
ketosis state like you like it's good to do it for you know two to three months then cycle out and then but yeah. but remain uh, and just more cycling out of ketosis rather than stopping your diet and and stopping the yeah. food you're eating and then, i agree and then i mean i sort of i sort of go i sort of approach that myself with more of a survival mindset of you know a lot of people in the health world these days especially nutrition they're very strict on their diet mm. they're, they're just very and, and i and i you know i've been through that so i can appreciate that but you know from a survival point of view and traveling and sort of uncertainty point of view you know what i always say is you know do we live in a world that ensures your perfect diet 365 days of the year can you every single day eat the perfect foods you want and have the perfect sort of micro and macronutrient ratio you know can you be perfectly fat adapted all day, every day. And, you know, when you look at it objectively, I'd say no. So again, I like to sort of go through periods of, you know, ketosis. And then I like to keep my body guessing. I like to sort of provide it with different inputs here. It responds. Obviously, you want to be in a more healthy, dominant state most of the time. But I think it's beneficial to sort of throw curveballs at the body and see what it does. Um, see how it responds because it's going to you know improve your metabolic efficiency uh, you know other physiological adaptations and it just sort of keeps the body highly adaptable and resilient yeah definitely so we we went on a little bit of sidetrack there but we'll jump back to logan's law quickly um so your point of difference with with logan law i feel is because obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of companies out there that do similar things and and that's brilliant because it's obviously means there's a huge market for it but i feel like your point of difference is is the terrain that you operate in and and the mountains and obviously aside from the concepts that you guys teach but overall the 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 terrain the rugged terrain the mountains and that survival and that wilderness that you guys operate in why is because i feel like this is more important to you than just a point of difference with business why why is that area or like the wilderness i says why is that so important to you to be able to you know do your work and do run your courses in that area how long you got as long as you need (laughs) brother (laughs) um there's a few good reasons I, i think intrinsically you know deep 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 in our dna we have this it's and it's not a it's not a it's it's a need it's a psychological and physiological need to be in nature yeah um, you know humans need it men women children animals we, we we are animals we come from nature and we have departed from nature and i think that's where a lot of you know a lot of the chronic illness and disease comes from these days is we need to be in nature now i'm not talking about walking through the local park but we need to spend a lot of our time in nature um, and in the harshness of nature as well so that's one reason to get people reconnected with what it feels like to be in a raw, harsh environment stuck in the middle of the Southern Alps. Yep. The second one is I think a lot of people are extremely busy these days, far busier than what's you know um, natural for humans to be in terms of busyness. Humans, I think, are designed to have two or three very key tasks. You know, you and I would go out hunting with some mates, would come home, then our job would be to do the fire and protect. That's that's our that's our level of cognitive ability to process that many tasks. Mm. But you know, if you objectively look at how many different tasks you've each got each day, you know, it's in the hundreds. Yeah. You know, so what that does basically is it puts our head in the sand and we just have such a lack of ability to objectively look at the world. You know, where we're at our relationship, finances, business, how we're going. Um, we're always we're working in it, non, you know. We're always working in it instead of on top of it. Um, and I always use the analogy of you know getting lost in the jungle. When you're lost in the Amazon, for example, you can't see anywhere because you've got no reference points. Mm. But if you go up into a helicopter, you can see the lay of the land. You can see different trails that you can you can reference yourself. Yeah. And that's why I like getting people out of their ordinary life and just giving them the space to think, to objectively look at things, and just 
giving them some mental clarity, which is what nature does. You know, there's no distraction. There's no phone service. Um, you're just stuck there with a group of mates or, or, or other men who are there for the same reason. And you, there's a, there's a, you know, I think solitude is quite a beautiful thing because it can be a bit scary at first, but then, it, you know, part of my job was to sort of frame it, you know, get people's mindset in the right place of, you know, let's use this opportunity to think, to clear our minds, to see what we can do better on. And, you know, we, we, men and women need a lot more space, especially parents, I think is a big one, you know, parents, that's one thing, you know, Bella and I, my wife and I talk about is, you know, having children, having, you know, busy life, um, everyone's busy. Mm. Um, but having that ability to actually leave for a little bit, you know, objectively look at things, clear your head, clear your mindset and come back in a far better space. So that's a big thing as well is just giving me and the opportunity to clear the head and just look at things differently than when, you know, they're in their usual life. And I think just to challenge men in nature, I think is challenge ourselves is a tremendously beautiful thing as well. You know, we like to use snow and cold water and ice and, you know, just the rawness of the all, Southern Alps and all the fun different stuff. conditions <laughs> it throws at us. I yeah, think that's you know, when men really, you know, thrive in those environments and really come alive. Yeah. And so it's, sorry, you go. No, you go. Keep going, mate. No, I was just saying this, you know, when, when you frame it the right way and really get people, men excited, it's, um, it's cool to see them challenging nature. You know, the reason we do a lot of cold water training is it immerses you in nature rather than just being a spectator from the sidelines. And that's yeah. what a lot of people do these days. They go for drives or walks or hikes or whatever, but they're always watching from the sidelines and there's something very intrinsically invigorating, invigorating about actually being in it. Yeah, definitely. Was um, it, what I was going to say is that, um, you know, with, with that types of training, like, um, you know, cold weather, uh, cold water, you know, snow, ice, all those types of things, it, it would really take people out of their comfort zones and hopefully develop really a resilience around them. Oh, it does. It does. You know, we've got guys coming from the city. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, you know we, we actually, Australia has actually been very, very good to us. A lot of our people do come from Australia. And I think it's just because it's a bit of a, New Zealand's got a bit of a, I can do it myself attitude. Yeah. Whereas Australians, they still sort of find this region, you know, quite a bit of a draw card and it's quite mysterious and beautiful. So you take a couple of guys from Sydney and they're shitting themselves, you know, <laughs> 10 ways to Sunday, you know, on the side of this frozen glacier. Yeah. Uh, this fries, frozen waterfall and I'm saying we're getting in there for you know a good number of minutes and they just literally can't get their head around how they're going to do it but when they get out they're literally howling and just screaming with just invigoration and just pure stoke yes. and that's such a cool thing to see just me and challenging themselves in nature and just coming out the side just you know howling at the moon um, and that you know that's why we use it you know we, we could sort of we, we like to we like to use nature as a classroom. We like to get people out and reconnect them with, and you know, nature does a tremendously huge part of the mountains does a massive part of, you know, what we're trying to achieve on the course. Yeah. Yeah. It's always get it. It's just to get it as well with, um, cause we do, um, when I was in the military, we do like a, a food and sleep deprivation exercise in training and, and it goes for around about, uh, I think it was for about four or five days. I don't, we didn't really sleep much, but we, you, you get kind of one ration pack that which lasts you 24 hours for that for that period of time and then and then you can you know the first two or three nights you don't sleep and then after that you you sleep one hour a night kind of thing for the rest of the exercise and and you constantly moving you never stop moving and you you're always carrying weight of some sort whether it's your own pack or whether it's supplies for other people and uh, on a different mission you're going from mission to mission it's all designed to just break you down and see how you think when you when you're at your lowest and yes. and 
people always sit to me and they always say, oh, I could never do that. I, could, I couldn't possibly go and do those things. And it's like, if you just put yourself in the position, you'd actually be really surprised as I to what you could, can do. Yeah, I bet you could. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure you must find that all the time with like that example there of those two guys. Like, it's I could never get in that water. Well, hang on a second. If you just if you just get in there and you just you know overcome that challenge, then you'd be surprised how far you can actually push your body and how far you how resilient you actually can be. Oh, of course, I mean uh, the biggest thing for us, one of the biggest things, is this idea of transferable benefits. Yes, which is the idea of using a skill. Or, you know, doing a practice or a craft such as cold water training, but having multiple benefits outside of the, the immediate physical health and mindset. So again, you know, you have you know, exactly the same as you. You have people saying, I literally couldn't do a five day on one MRE with, you know, minimal sleep and food, et cetera. Same, you know, I, could, I literally can't get in that water. It's just not possible. Yeah. But, you know, life is full of unknowns. It's full of challenges and stress and, you know, situations where you really just feel you can't get your head around. Um, so to provide men with these things, these these sort of celebration, celebration obstacles that they can get over, they think, fuck, if I can do that, I can do anything. Yeah, definitely. Which so, is pretty cool. Oh, it's unreal, mate. There's the, the feeling. Pretty cool. The feeling so, you yeah, get. If the they can do, you, you know, if they can overcome these challenges yes. and then take yeah, it back definitely. to the family, the work, the business life, that's a pretty cool, um, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. And so you guys, um, at Logan Law, you teach the Logan Law concepts. Uh, can you give us like an overview? You don't have to delve into all your secrets and that kind of stuff, but give us an overview about about what are the Logan Law concepts that you are actually teaching when you when you're on these. Of course, courses? so everything starts with a mind for us. Now that's um, a little bit cliche, but I think you know men lack foundations these days. They lack something to support them. You know, most men sort of work the same sort of framework as a builder of I'm going to I'm going to build a roof and work down to the foundation, the concrete. And yeah. any builder will say, well, it's just going to fall over. And that's how most men approach their life and their, their strategies and their sort of um, the things they sort of input in their life. So, you know, purpose is a huge one for us. You know, what is your purpose in this world? And again, that's a bit of a cliche topic these days, but what is it that gets you out of bed? And what is your reason for actually striving to become a better man these days? You know, is that your job? Is that your children? So what is your purpose in that world? And when you ask men that, a lot of them actually have no idea what that is. Mm. Um, my wife 100% right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, your purpose. What is your purpose in this world? You know, what is it that's going to get you out of bed and actually keep you on a sustainable, you know, trajectory to becoming great? Yeah. Or you know, or your individual um, standard of becoming great. Um, and I think creating fundamental framework that people can mentally uphold in their life is so critical. Um, I think the idea of sort of virtue and hard work, to determination, but, you know, virtue, the, aggre the aggregation, the marginal gains. So a lot of it is just sort of the, the mindset, you know, stoic, stoic principles, stoic virtue, um, the idea of becoming a better man. Because, you know, how many men these days actually have a standard for themselves, a code that they live by? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very right. few. Very yeah, few. Very few. So we always start with, you know, purpose, virtue, and a code of standards. You know, we always get men to write down what are their standards they want to live by, what's a code, what's acceptable for them, what's not acceptable for them, you know, their friends, their job, their work, family members, you know, what, you know, what is acceptable to have in your life? What, what's the code you're going to live by? And again, it's a concept most men haven't actually ever thought about. No, and you, I actually 100% agree because people laugh at me when I say this, but I have my code is that I always want to be perceived to be a gentleman. And that's mm -hmm. that's my code that I live by, and, and people people always say, "Well, you know, that sounds wanky and that kind of stuff." But I feel like if I'm being a gentleman, then I'm generally being a good person, and that Absolutely. allows me to then, you know, that allows me to then reflect, uh, or like um, to be able to, I guess, um, impact other people by being by having a good nature. And so that's that's how I always build 
everything on every situation I go into or every person I meet, I want them to think that I'm a gentleman because that's, you know, I mean, I still do. I still swear and do all those kind of things and sure. you know, I'm ex-army, so I have all those traits and, and, and all, those, all those things. Yeah. <laughs> but in in my, I guess, my mindset and the way I approach things, like that's that's how I see things. And and I, you're 100% right. Like when I ask people, like, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to stand by? What do you want to, you know, when someone looks at you, what do you want them to think? They, yeah. most, most people, men and women, just have absolutely no idea what you, they just look at you blankly. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I think having, you know, starting with a mind in terms of purpose, virtue, and a, a code, a set of standards, that gives them a framework that people can sort of fall back on yep. in times of hardship. When things are uncertain, you know, uh, after setbacks, people can fall back on that and think, this is who I am. And it gives them an identity. And without an identity, um, you're kind of just farting around in the wind, to be honest. Yeah. And it, give, it gives a foundation to then build on. So again, we always start with the mindset, you know, purpose, virtue, a set of codes or ethics that you sort of live by, which to be honest, does 90% of the work. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Um, from there, we sort of, again, we, we provide fundamental strategies. So we do a lot of nutrition, physical training, um, resilience, mindset, survival. You know, survival these days is very commercialized. And it's kind of only thought about, you know, a terrorist attack, getting lost in the Amazon, getting, you know, plane crash near Everest. So thought of these extreme examples. But with the rate of men killing themselves every single day, that's survival. Yeah, definitely. With men not being able to have the skill sets just to navigate the simplest of tasks in this world, that's survival. Mm. So again, survival, you know, keeping the mindset of performance and survival, which we keep, you know, so we call our courses performance and survival courses for men. So I think we need to know how to perform, but we also need to know how to survive. And without the survival aspect, um, you know, when you, when, you, when you actually teach a survival course, I mean, objectively look at the skill sets you're teaching. You're teaching self-reliance, preparedness, vigilance, self-awareness, um, and again, all those skill sets are highly transferable and needed for what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. So the mindset of survival, I think, is a big one. Preparing for life, you know, survival is more preparedness, preparedness than anything. So you know, again, preparing men for life is a big one. Um, and then just providing these strategies. So again, starting with the mind, then we do nutrition, you know, mindset, resilience, survival, physical training, um, and then we just provide men with these sort of uh, fundamental paradigms that they can sort of rely on these these foundations and then from there they sort of go their own direction and sort of fine-tune them and you know my, my, i always say i never want to see you again in the same capacity i saw you last time yeah because if if that if i'm if they're coming back in the course in the same position well they are they are the, i you know what i taught them was shit well i didn't give them any strategy to go away and actually do it well they didn't execute exactly exactly that's the third one yeah well said um, so, you know, one of the biggest things I say is, you know, over time I can provide you with some framework, but over time your job is to become an expert, mm. not today, not tomorrow. It may take 10 years, but you know, this isn't just the courses are not just a course. It's a way of living, you know, literally for life. Yeah. You know, this is, this is something you die with. And that comes back to the code, the virtue, you know, the, the purpose, you know, this isn't a three week thing. And you think, well, I'm good now. I'm, I'm good for the next 10 years. You know, you do this every single day. Um, and I think just the concept of hard work that I think these days, you know, we sort of expect happiness, health, resilience, you know, financial freedom to be sort of given to us. Um, health, health is not free. It's, it's incredibly hard to obtain, yeah. you know, uh, lack of anxiety. You work for that. That's not something you just get that, that you, you wake up and you fucking grab it and you work every day at that. 
You know, we're, we kind of live in this era now, society where we're, we kind of, oh, why am I not happy? Why, why am I not have this? You know, you work at it. Yeah. You know, I always yeah. say to people, you know, you've got to pay the man at some point. You've got, you've got to pay for something. Yeah, definitely. There's two men you can pay. One, you know, goes down the road of depression, anxiety, and all the negative traits we have. But, you know, for the other side, you still got to pay a man, and that's hard work. So in line with that, how do you find most people are, how receptive are they to understanding that the only person that can change their situation is them? Well, um, and I can use myself, you can probably use yourself as well. And yeah. every other person can probably use themselves. An example is if you put your fire, if you put your hand on the fire enough times, you're going to realize, well, I, I, I've got to do something different. You know, I can't <laughs> keep putting my hand on the fire. So we're pretty reactive these days. We only sort of really do things when we we're forced to, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so most men, honestly, will sort of regress a few times and sort of lapse. Then they get to a point where they realize, like, I just, I'm just not happy. I, I, I just can't do that again. It's just too hard to take the easy way. It's just too hard because the negative results are just too overwhelming. So I'm just going to do it the right way. Um, but again, it's it's all again, it's all the mindset. It's all framing. It's all framework. It's yeah. all sort yeah. of how you put this in and perceive, make people perceive it. You know, once you sort of make them realize that, look, this is not going to come for free. Um, this, you know, you pay for this every morning, every day, every hour, every minute you pay for this. But the, re the rewards are just profound yeah, for you, definitely. your loved ones, for your wife, for your children, for your business. It's not free. You've got to pay for it. And that's through hard work and never quitting. But, you know, you've got to pay the other side as well. You know, the slothful, the lazy way, you know, keeping bad traits, you pay for that. And that's, you know, obviously a shit life. So yeah. both both sides we have to pay for. There's no free option here. Um, you've just got to decide what benefit you want to get out of it because both sides are shit. Um, sorry, both ways are hard work. Um, you just got to decide what outcome you want from this. So again, my job is not just teachers to frame people's minds to sort of get them to perceive things in a different way. So there's a lot of psychology that comes into it, and sort of um, you know a lot of guys use their past experience as well, and um, that that plays a big part in it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So yeah, if that if that answers the question. Oh, it's unreal, mate. And so if you were to give someone a basic mindset strategy, so people are listening right now as to how they can or basic exercise they can do to to um, I guess improve their mindset or uh, to to start challenging their mindset, what would what would it be? Like are we, are we talking like a like what we're kind of getting at here is like you know, if you if you were to sit down and list what are your values, what are your yeah, what do you? What do you? What's your code? And those types of things. What if you had a basic exercise that someone you could you could just tell them right now, and the people listening could get a pen and paper out and do it right now? What would that be? I think one of the biggest things is actually staying in control of the day, not letting the day control you. Yep, You've probably heard of that one. So, you know, probably one of the most easiest, but the most powerful things is you know, wake up before you need to. Wake up and actually control the day instead of letting the day control you. Yeah. I so try and wake up ten minutes before you need to actually wake up on your own terms rather than getting kicked in the nuts by your child or, you know, your alarm blasting your head off or whatever, what normally wakes you up, wake up on your terms, which is quite refreshing. Clear your head for a few minutes, actually wake up, meditate, you know, connect with your breathing and then sort of set your priorities for the day. Set your purpose for the day, you know, actually understand what you need to do, not what the day is going to tell you to do. Excuse me. And have, one thing I like to do is have these perspective breaks throughout the day. So again, the better you get at it, the quicker the cycle can become. Mm. But again, you know, we are so busy these days. We have so much stuff to do. 
So what I like to do is have these little perspective breaks, which is basically, you know, imagine yourself in a helicopter. Now this could be, you could be sitting on the toilet, you could be sitting in the car, you could just go to a quiet place, you know, and do it sort of morning tea, uh, lunch, afternoon tea in the evening. And basically what it is, is just a little meditation session. And I don't like the word meditation to be honest, because it, um, basically what you're trying to do is just sort of objectively look at where you're at. So what I like to do is I think, you know, how have I done? It's 11 o'clock now. How have I done to this point? Yep. Um, I was a bit of a dick to my wife this morning. This meeting went really well. I didn't handle that particularly well. That was amazing. It doesn't actually matter what it is, but you can sort of review um, your morning to that point. Then you sort of correct yourself and you think, okay, that was shit. That was good. I can do better on that point. Well, I think a lot of people, they have a bad day, but they let that bad day carry on for like a week. Yeah, definitely. Or they have a shit nine o'clock meeting, but that shit nine o'clock meeting is going on three days later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I like up. to do is sort of go, you know, wake up with a purpose, wake up and sort of sit, well, on my own terms, sit, sit the day well, you know, frame the day well. Then I go through to sort of midday. How about unto that point? Perfect shit, you know, a little bit better, wonderful reset. And you sort of reset it, then you go again to the next one. And what that allows you to do is basically stay in control of these sort of small sort of micro periods throughout the day. And again, it allows you the it gives you the opportunity to sort of stay in control of the day rather than the day controlling you. Yeah. So I think starting the day with purpose, intent, setting the standards for the day, and then I think finishing with a little bit of evaluation work. You know, how have I done today? What virtues have I upheld? What sort of vices have I avoided? Um, finishing the day with a little bit of self evaluation. And again, this sounds like quite a bit, but again, the better you get it, the more you do it, you know, yeah, definitely, yeah. that whole cycle can be done in literally 10 minutes a day. And we all have time for 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. you know, it can be done in five minutes a day. Um, but I think, you know, starting the day with intent, um, actually owning the day instead of it letting owning you, having these little perspective breaks throughout the day where you can sort of reset, reset, you know, any, any negative things that have happened, you know, congratulate yourself on any things that have gone really well. And also finishing the day with, you know, a little bit of self-evaluation, I think is a very good strategy to sort of just stay in control of stuff. Yeah, that's perfect, man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, if that helps. Oh, it's just, there's, I think this whole episode so far, you know, we, what are we, I don't know, 45 minutes in or something like that. Like there's, <laughs> there's just learning points the whole entire way. It's just jam-packed, jam-packed full, of, full of techniques and stuff that people can listen to and learn. So it's been awesome so far, mate. So you're, we spoke about the code before what's what's your code what do you live by now i want to provide my children with the skill sets to be able to navigate this world in the best possible way so you know that but that's just talk that's just me saying a bunch of shit yep so how do i actually go away and do that so you know one thing i always say to the men we work with the fathers we work with if i can't do it there's fuck all chance for my daughter and for my son to be able to actually go and do it. So leading by example. Leading by example. Leading by example. So, you know, I just want, I, I want to be a great man. My, my code is to, you know, provide everything for my children. Again, that sounds very cliche, but to actually walk the talk and to do it. So my code is basically executing, practicing what I preach. Yeah. I think we live in a world these days where it's full of knowledge. I mean, I, I can literally open this tab and give me any topic. I can, in 10 minutes, I can become a micro expert at it. I can know a lot about it. But very few people these days can actually go away and execute that, you know, have the strategy to actually go away and implement it. Yeah. So to it's one thing to actually say this stuff to you and to your listeners and to your audience, but to actually go away and do it, very, very hard. 
very, very hard. So, you know, again, to do what I said, you know, that takes a lot of work, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm far from perfect. I, I have ego, I have attitude sometimes. But the ability to check that, to, you know, to self-evaluate myself each day, and you know, that needed to be improved. And you wake up the next day and you improve that, you try to improve it. So, again, I, I want my children to have, you know, the, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things happen in my life that I'm glad for, but, um, you know, it led me to the place I am now. But I want them to, especially the way the world's going, you know, we have a lot of uncertainty for our children, you know, whether it be social media, climate change. Um, I think we're bringing children into a very um, unstable world, for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Again, like I said at the very start, we have this uh, very finite opportunity to not only improve our health, but for the health of our children. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the you know the way I see this is, you know, it's not just me doing this. It's not just you doing this. Every, every man I have coming through the course, every person you work with and has listening to this, we need those people to stand up, be leaders, and to take this, squeeze it by the balls, and actually, you know, the, the more links in the chain we can get, the stronger chain we get. Yeah, definitely, mate. 100%. Um, and that's what we need. So, you know, again, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent like, ah, like you feel, but... Love tangents, mate. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I just want to be a great father. I just want to be a great father. But to do that, there's a lot of, you know, sub, sub work into that. So, you know, that being a great father is just, you know, on top of it. But to uphold that, there's a lot of work there that needs to be done each day. Yeah. And so now with now with the business side of things and, and, and working on streamlining, talking about streamlining processes and those types of things with the business, where do you want to take the business to now? What's your what's your next your next goal and your next step? Um, yeah, good question. Good question. Um, I would like to just get more people on courses is a big one. Yeah. Um, obviously, that comes down to advertising and marketing and the way we sort of you know do the courses. Um, I would like to do more overseas. I think you know Wanaka, New Zealand is a wonderful place for that. The Southern Alps here is a tremendous place for that. But I'd like obviously you now logistically, you look at the business side. A lot of people just can't get here, or it's yeah. very very hard for them to get here. So you know, for me to combat that, I would like to take that to other places around the world. Um, you know, Australia, Europe, the States, um, have other branches of people, you know, doing these courses around the world, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just develop the courses, you know, we're going to do a big push in leadership training. I think it's a big one, you know, the idea of internal leadership, leadership these days is sort of like, you know, you, you, you're paid a higher amount and you are given this as a title. You know, but there's a lot of shitty leaders out there these days. So we try and really push the idea of leadership coming from a place of internal leadership. You know, again, leading from exa- um, leading from example. The big one I always get is um is is people thinking that once they get to a leadership position that they you know that they have a certain amount of like X Y Z amount of people that work for them. And, of and, course. And the biggest one I always say to people is is you don't they don't work for you you work for them. Like that's oh, couldn't that's, agree more. Literally couldn't agree that's, more. That's what a true leader is: is that you know, you know a manager manages people, a leader, uh, you know, works for the people and leads them and, and makes them better. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so just just evolving and just getting better at what we do. You know, I have no ambitions to really create any empire. I just want to, you know, obviously, I want to um, get more courses and rich the courses and just make them more professional, make them better. Um, We've got some opportunities coming up with a bit more resilience-based work, um, so, you know, partnering with a few other people. But just to, just to evolve the courses, you know, as I get better, you know, if you look back at the courses four or five years ago, they're nothing to what they are now. And, you know, I hope in four to five years from now, they'll be a lot better than what they are now. So just just doing the small things right 
and again, no no aspirations to take the world by storm, but just you know work with a, a niche group of people who you know really wants to improve themselves. Yeah, definitely. And if people wanted to get in touch with you and find out some more information about Logan Law, what what would be the, your best advice for them? Best place to be get on our social media, um, which has the links via our website, which is loganlaw.co.nz. And, you know, we've got all the courses up there. We've got our social media platform so people can sort of connect, say hi, and I guess just follow what we do and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, again, the website would be the best place, loganlaw.co.nz. No worries. And that all that information will be in the show notes as well. And if people, you know, they are interested in, in getting across there, I'm pretty sure I just quit, did a quick Google search just then. You can get flights to Queenstown for under 500 bucks return. So yeah, it's easy easy to get across there and <laughs> and then go on one, go on a course. Uh, and that's from Adelaide as well, so all places. So from Sydney. Is that where you're based? Yeah, I'm based in Adelaide, yeah, in South Australia. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, wife is, um, my wife is from Melbourne. Oh, okay, awesome. From Perth, but her family lives in Melbourne. Oh, I'm from Perth as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm from I'm from Western Australia originally, but then no. lived here for about the past decade now, so kind of almost a, almost a South Australian now. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, and so if you had any advice out there for men who were struggling at the moment with their mental health, because we do get, uh, you know, we, we ha- I think we have a mixture of people that listen to this podcast. We have people that are, are genuinely just curious about improving their health. We have people that are, that are you know, struggling to the to the extremes with their mental health. And then we also have people who are just, you know, just want to listen for a bit of fun. So if you had people, if you had any advice of people out there for, for those who are struggling with their mental health, what, what would it be? Um, yeah, hard question, but. Um, very good question at the same time I think just the biggest one is again just start with the mind um, firstly surround yourself by great people I think is a big one um, get a good support network around you I mean I th- you are a byproduct of you know your environment we really are so I think you know support find people that are great yeah definitely find people that bring out the best in you and again just start you know find a purpose find something that makes you happy um, I think happiness is, you know, we a lot of guys these days that we're working jobs we 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 hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you work ten hours a job, ten hours a day on a job you hate, you know, times six or five to seven, you're not going to be a very particularly happy person. So I think again, it starts with the mind. Um, just find a purpose, find a set of code that you enjoy living by that brings out the best in you. And then just slowly, you know, I think sustainability is a big one with this. Yep. Just slowly each day just start adding to that list. You know, what's one thing I can do better today and again and again and again and just slowly keep adding to that. And then, you know, over six months, over a year, you, you sort of realize I've, I've come quite a way. Yeah, um, definitely. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. And... I guess our last question that I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, and that is, what does being a healthy bloke mean to you? Ooh, <laughs> that's a hard one. <laughs> um, healthy bloke, you know, again, I mean, that, that's a very um, individual question. Definitely. But to me, that would be being someone who feels complete. Yes, yeah, love it. Feels complete. Now, again, we can lie to ourselves about what that means, or we can actually say, no, I'm not complete. I'm going to go and find out you know, what that feels like, but being complete mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, being happy within oneself. And when we are happy with ourselves, we can scream it from the rooftop. And when we're not, we just carry it around like a, you know, a concrete jacket. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so feeling complete. And again, you've got to pay the man to feel that, you know, that comes through hard work, that comes through sacrifice. But the end result is just, you, you feel free, you feel prepared, you feel resilient, you feel, you feel like a man. You know, and that's not a man who goes and sits at the pub and talks about shit with his mates. It's a man who, you know, feels healthy and resilient and strong and resourceful and productive. And he feels like a leader. Yeah, I love it. Uh, love it. So feeling complete. Again, it's a bit of a wishy-washy way to describe it. But I think, you know, when you feel complete, you feel very happy. I think, and, yeah, there's a difference between, um, you know, throwing something out there like a cliche statement, like feeling complete, uh, but then actually being able to do what you do and just back it up. And, and, you know, hang on. When I say this, this is actually what I mean. I don't just mean, you know, sit writing something on a piece of paper saying, yeah, I want to be complete. You know, I yeah, of course. Be, yeah, and be, to how do I actually to, do this? To, to tick some of these things off, you know, to to to, to realize, you, you know, you're 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 a good father, you know, because we we we're not stupid. We know when we're doing things good, and we know when things are doing. We know when we're doing things bad. Mm. Uh, we're not stupid. So, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. You know, f- find your purpose, um, and I, I think honesty, checking your ego, is a big one. And just, you know, each day, just be honest with yourself. Just be accountable. Um, you know, be accountable to yourself and don't lie to yourself. You know, I did that for a long time. Yeah. Um, and when you can be truly honest with yourself and, um, you know, do that hard work, you see some tremendous results and you're, you become a very happy, resilient, adaptable, useful, useful, useful man, useful father, useful leader. I couldn't agree more, mate. Could not agree more. Mate, thank yeah. you so much for this. This has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's been fun. Absolute, Lots of fun. absolute honor to have you on here. I think we we just we have to book in another episode. We'll structure something and oh, uh, I'd love to have a bit more uh, structure on uh, what we're talking about. Me, and, so it's, um, I'd love to chat again. It's been mate, really fun. Absolutely love to. So thank you so much uh, for doing this and uh, and oh. on behalf of the the podcast, mate. Thanks heaps. That's my pleasure. Thank you. No Talk worries. soon. Talk soon, mate. Okay, legends, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And we will be sure to have Ben on for another episode soon in the future because that dude is an absolute fucking legend. It's just incredible. The the insights, the, the, the teachings, the amount of lessons, the sheer lessons that are in this episode are incredible. I really, really, really hope – turn my mic down a bit because I realize I'm just blasting everyone with my microphone. Uh, it sucks because I've already recorded majority of my intro and outro, but that's okay. I really hope everyone enjoyed that as much as I did. Please, please jump on to his pages. Give him a follow. Reach out to him. He is a legend of a bloke. He is happy to talk to anyone about anything they can do. And I just love the way that he described when he sat through that moment and he just took ownership of his life and he said, fuck this, I'm not going to do this anymore. I need to be a better human being and this is how I'm going to do it. And he went and fucking did it. He executed it. That is what it comes down to. That is what all this shit comes down to. All these lessons, all this stuff that I get involved with, unless you execute on stuff, unless you actually listen to what's been said, take it in and say, yep, I'm going to apply this to my life, but then actually go and fucking execute it, that is when your life is going to change. So be sure to get out there, give this episode a share, share this with 10, 15, 20, 100 people that you think this might help because this episode is the one that is going to set people on the right track. I can guarantee that right now. This episode is bloody incredible when it comes to you know, lessons and it comes to development, when it comes to optimization. It is awesome. 
So, as I said, get out there, share it with everyone you can. You know, if you want to be featured on this podcast, all you need to do is jump on and give us a rating, give us a review from iTunes, help us grow. Outside of that, I hope you have a bloody good week and we'll catch you in the next episode. Cheers. <laughs>